This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 173 of the Catholic Foodie, Back to School with Cherie Hansen and Culinary Kids. Welcome, folks, to the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. I'm your host, Jeff Young, and today we're talking about back to school time. Unbelievable, huh? The summer just flew by. The lazy days of summer are gone, and school is back in full swing. Between homework and after-school activities, families often find themselves in a bind at dinner time, which makes fast food and eating on the go much more appealing options than they should be. Believe it or not, even amidst the chaos of homework, football practice, and other extracurricular activities, it is still possible to prepare something delicious and nutritious for your family. And we're going to talk about that right here, where food meets faith. It is still possible, folks. It is still possible to gather all the family members together around the table for dinner. And uh, Cherie Hansen knows a thing or two about kids and cooking. You know, she's the mother of four boys. Wow, four boys. Uh, Cherie has uh, been through her own personal boot camp (laughs) where she's learned to balance the busyness of life with kids and the joys of connecting with her family around the dinner table, and she has learned to do so with grace. You know, as a mother, Cherie knows intimately the the challenges and the struggles that one can encounter at mealtime, especially during the months of transition back into school mode, right? And we all have that. And over the years, uh, Cherie has come up with several time-saving tips that make dinner time for busy families a little bit easier. In addition to being a wife and mother, Cherie is also the owner and proprietor of Culinary Kids, a fun and educational facility on the North Shore that provides the space for children and families to practice the science and art of cooking and to learn valuable relationship skills to help them really connect around the family table. Here's a quote from their website. She says, We live in a culture of food, socializing, and bonding over meals. Food is a way for children to learn and connect with each other and their families. We teach practical life skills, encouraging children to share experiences at home, enjoying family time together. We raise awareness on issues of childhood obesity, nutritional choices, food allergens, and other health concerns. Lots of good stuff over at Culinary Kids N.S. Dot com ns for north shore.com uh, this open space facility is completely malleable to become the perfect venue for any number of programs there are several standing programs that are part of the regular schedule at culinary kids like parents night out mommy and me and a, even a, a special needs cooking class uh, there's also a program for adults called corks and cooking and you can find the whole lineup of classes over at culinarykidsns.com. Uh, the Culinary Kids facility is also available for rent, for parties, and for other cooking events, like a church-based class or a leadership-building event uh, for business. And, uh, you know, I have to tell you, I mean, Cherie, <laughs> she's a firecracker. She is so full of energy, and she's so passionate about what she does. I mean, with kids and family and cooking and meals and food— it really is. It's just so exciting to talk with her. So I was so happy that we could get her on the show today. You know, we're talking back-to-school dinner. You know, we're really talking about tips. And Cherie uh, shared a secret with us on, on the uh, Around the Table Food Show that, uh, boy, I was just, I, I couldn't help it. I was cracking up. 
<laughs> it was so funny. I mean, uh, you know, one school starts up every year. The first couple of months, at least, she says, her two favorite kitchen gadgets are the food processor and the muffin tin. Now, I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean, the muffin tin? What is this? And, uh, oh, my gosh, does she have some creative and sneaky ideas for maxing out the use of a food processor and a muffin tin? Oh, my goodness, you talk about You got to hear it. So stay tuned, and you'll get to hear her tips for that. Uh, <laughs> I'm so tempted to share them with you right now, but you have to wait. You got to listen to it. Uh, it was just so much fun. Now, also on this show, we shared some uh, practical tips for speeding up the cooking process, right? When when time is of the essence. I love to cook. I could, I could be in the kitchen for, for five, six, ten hours a day, and I'd be ecstatic because for me— Cooking is like therapy. I need a lot of therapy, apparently. I love to cook. I love being in the kitchen. But sometimes, sometimes you really have to put food on the table quickly, right? Time is of the essence. And so I wrote an article a couple of months ago called 10 Shortcuts to Cooking Dinner in Record Time. And uh, we talked about some of those tips here on the show. And another thing that came up in the show, which I thought was very interesting how this came up, uh, we talked about Duck Dynasty. Now, I saw my first episode of Duck Dynasty back in July, and uh, it, it, <laughs> oh boy, uh, it instantly, instantly became not just my own, but a family favorite. And not just because I could have starred on that show just a few years ago. If you go over to CatholicFoodie.com uh, for the show notes here, you'll see a picture of me a few years ago where I had a beard that would rival what Willie and Phil and Cy and Jace have on um, on Doug Dynasty. And yeah, I could have been a contender, folks. Man, I could have been in there. That could have been me. But uh, no, no, you know, I mean, it, it didn't. I'm here, and they're there. But uh, you know what? Duck Dynasty is oriented toward family. Uh, they're they're Christian, and, and and family is good. God is good. Prayer is good. And every episode ends with a family gathered around the table, joined in prayer, celebrating life together with food. Is this not what the Catholic foodie is about? I mean, it's amazing to me. It's awesome. I love it. We ought to have them as guests on the Around the Table Food Show for the radio and the Catholic Foodie uh, for the podcast. What do you think? Let me know. Of course, you can always leave feedback, ask questions, make comments, whatever, voice feedback by calling 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974. Uh, leave a message there, and I can play that on the show and then respond to you. It's really a lot of fun. It's awesome. I love voice feedback. You can also email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. You can make a comment over at catholicfoodie.com on any of the posts. Uh, the show notes for this show is an example. You can also uh, contact, uh, contact, contact, connect, whatever, with me over at Facebook, facebook.com slash catholicfoodie. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what's on your thoughts or on your mind or in your thoughts, and, uh, you know, it'll be good. Some of the things that we talked about in the show, like as far as food goes and recipes, we talked about bruschetta. We talked about redfish on the half shell. We talked about ciabatta and uh, chicken liver pate, hatch chili chicken tortilla soup, and cream of hatch chili soup with corn 
tomatoes, and sausage. So we talked about all that too. And right now, what we're going to do, I'm going to get into a little uh, a, a, a little break here. And then after the break, we're going to come back and um, we're going to talk with Cherie Hansen and Dave and Monsignor Nolte and myself. We're going to talk about Duck Dynasty. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, and I want to invite you to join me on a unique pilgrimage to the Holy Land. Over 2,000 years ago, God became man in Jesus of Nazareth. The event that radically changed history, and indeed all of creation, took place in the small town of Bethlehem in Israel. God is now one of us. For years I have longed to go to the land that received God of the flesh. I've wanted to walk the same roads that Jesus walked, to eat the same foods that Jesus ate with his friends and disciples, to visit the holy places that have been touched by the hand of God. I know that by doing so, the scriptures will come alive for me in a way that I have never experienced, because I will be in the very places where so much of the stories from the Bible actually happened. And it cannot help but increase and strengthen my faith. I want to invite you to join me on this pilgrimage, which will take place from February 5th to the 15th, 2014. The deadline for registration is September 20th, 2013. Registration forms and all the details can be found at catholicfoodie.com slash holyland. Welcome to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson with Jeff Young and Monsignor Nalty. Hey, fellas. How are you, David? Hey, Dave. Doing great, doing great. This is the uh, this is the show where we're going to get folks uh, back around the table. We're, uh, the weekend's here. We're making groceries, and uh, we want to just keep folks from having food on the run and sit down and enjoy yourself, right? That's right. You know, and, and especially now, because uh, weekends are more important since the summer has now passed. Right. And... Uh, Folks are busy during the week, kids are at school, you got after-school activities, and man, that's just a lot to, to keep track of, and the weekends are welcome. Yep. Yeah, it's <laughs> time to slow down a little bit, all the kids finishing their first week of school in my parish and uh, coming together at, at home, and hopefully their parents are getting them involved and eating with them and teaching them how to cook and, uh, and, and getting around the table, as we say. You know, and at the same time, and that's something that I guess we got to be wary of, too, folks are kids are starting to get involved in a lot of sports and everything and right. it, you still have to budget that time mm-hmm. you know because you're always on the run and everything so you anything know. you can do to get them away from the computers and the phones and the games to get them outside get a little yeah. exercise yeah. get them uh, but also participate in the life of their family i mean i think that's a big part about teaching them how to cook just helping them do little small things so that they're part of the life of the family the family has to eat right mm-hmm. i mean there are a few things we we have to do we have to eat and we have yeah. to sleep and uh and when the kids get involved with that then they then they can make it their own and then it also gives them skills to help them later on in life you know? well we encourage yeah. folks to to i'm sorry jeff uh we we encourage folks to sit around their table and we're giving recipes and everything but also if you're out running about and everything, still the family can sit around the table at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, sure. absolutely. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, it, it gives them the skills. It, it kind of gets them off the computer or, or the iPhone or, or whatever. Uh, but it's also, as family goes, it's communication. Right. I mean, to really right. be with each other, to be yeah. present to each other is such an important thing. You know, I uh, one of the things that I've 
kind of picked up on recently is watching Duck Dynasty, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I really love that show for Show's this great. reason. It ends every time. At the end of that show, they're all around the table. Yeah. And the they're first praying. thing they do is they pray. That's right. it. Right. You know? There you go. And it was just said, uh, I just saw on the internet yesterday that it's... Uh, Touted to be the biggest show ever on cable. You think it's that's amazing, because everybody huh? praised that? I think it's a family. At first, it's real. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. real people. They're funny. Uh, they do funny things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then there's an element to it that uh, that that is holy. That they're they're a family. They they come together. And like we said, it, this computer time or TV time is is you and an object. And when it's around the table, it's FaceTime. It's it's talking with your friends. It's talking with your family. And mm-hmm. and that's the last the, the last scene in every show is them gathering around the table. Having a nice meal, saying grace, and uh, I think at one point I heard they uh, the producers tried to get them to stop that part of the show. They were afraid it would be too controversial, and they said, uh, "If you cut that part out, we're not going to do the show anymore." Wow! Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, and I mean, look how I big guess they're about. as they're sitting around the table, they're not watching TV either. No, no. there you go. You don't see anything watching TV on that show. No, uh, no. they're outside. They're outside hunting. They're outside. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, fishing, they're outside trapping, and then they're with each other talking and laughing and working together. And even the work environment has them, mm-hmm. not not like individually at desk, but, but kind of working together and talking with each other. So it's a it's a great family show, and uh, I've I really enjoyed it. I, mi- I can't believe I missed the first episode. i got to get it yeah. on. I, I don't know how to do all the DVRs and stuff. I've never seen know. it. I've got to see this. Yeah. Oh, it's fabulous. You'd love it. It's, it's, it they're characters. Yeah. They're absolutely total North Louisiana characters. Well, last time we were together with you, Monsignor, we oh. were at La Petite Grosse. Having a great time. We had a great meal. We yeah. got to see uh, uh, Chef Justin DeVilliers' kitchen, and he gave us some little samples of food that oh, so he's good. growing in the garden next to my parish church, next to St. Stephen's. And and the, and the kind of the neat news that came out since then was that um, people, a lot of people, if they follow the food scene in New Orleans, know that Bravo brought Top Chef to be filmed in New Orleans this past year, and it just came out last week that Justin is actually going to be one of the contestants on Top Chef. They, All right. They, if you go to their website. I think it's the Bravo website. Um, they they have uh, six uh, webisodes where uh, where um, Padma, who's one of the hosts of Top Chef, goes around and, and went and ate at a lot of different restaurants, and then she set up ten guys to uh, to to fight it out who would be the two who would be the one chef who would represent New Orleans. Okay. And in the end, the final episode, uh, the, there were five chefs, and the two that were picked were 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 uh, Chef. Michael Seychelles, how do you pronounce uh, his name? Seychelles. Seychelles, yeah. Um, who, who I don't know who is from, uh, who's the chef at Galatoire's. He's, okay. he's not from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and Chef Justin DeVillier, who we were with yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And uh, and so they they took part in the filming, which uh, which all went on, I guess, this summer. And uh, and we'll just have to see how the season unfolds as they. Uh, you said we can find the webisode out. on Bravo. The web mm-hmm. webisode is on Bravo. I think you have to. I think it's called. Uh, it's something with Padma. Padma's the name. Padma's it's like picks. Padma's picks. That's okay. what it is. You Google Padma. P A D M A picks, and it brings you to the to the page, and it's got six episodes oh, where good. you can watch. Where you can watch. They're each about only about nine, ten yeah, minutes. Yeah, ten long. minutes or something. And uh, yeah. and they're fun, and they and they they show different restaurants in New Orleans, and and guys, chefs from all different. Uh, uh, backgrounds. I mean, it's not just your, you know, people think about the fancy restaurants in mm-hmm, New Orleans, but mm-hmm. it's a couple of food truck guys. It's, yeah. you know, restaurant in the Marigny, local restaurant uptown. And uh, I guess out of all of them, uh, Galatoire's, Gautreaux's, and, and, and La Petite would be ones that people would, would have heard of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it was it was kind of neat that uh, Chef Justin, who we, you know, we, we, we interviewed and we ate his food. <laughs> we, he fed us. Uh, he made it. He made the, made the, yeah. uh, made the cut. Yeah. And actually, it was kind of a neat thing because they were only intending to pick one chef and in the end 
Um, it, it, right before uh, Padma made her final decision, she asked the producer, she says, you know, I really like to get both these guys on there. Oh. And so they end up having two. So it's That's two great. guys from New Orleans. And, and they made very different dishes. It was, um, well, you know, uh, Chef um, Michael's dish was a, was a real kind of a restaurant uh, a fish, beautiful dish. And Chef Justin made a very, very light, brothy roasted corn soup, which she just Ooh, adored. So, really? uh, so I'm waiting to see that on the menu over at uh, La Petite Grocery. Yeah. Mm. I'm prone to go there every now and then since yeah. it's a block away from my house. it's right there. And, uh, <laughs> if, I, if I talk about it so much, it's because it's a block away what from my house. What do you do? You, you, you go to your garden, you pick the vegetables, and you bring them to no, him and say, could they, you cook this for me? I pick, if I pick vegetables, it's my tithe that I take for me to cook on the weekends uh, right. for, for right. the other two priests in my parish. I, <laughs> All right. I'll borrow their herbs and, and whatever looks good. I w- in fact, I went through there yesterday. They had beautiful little red tomatoes. I had to try mm. a couple of those as I went through. But uh, we had those beautiful beans, those pickled beans, but they're all gone. I guess they they can't take the total heat of August. But he's got a lot of other stuff going on there. They have a a great – Ian is a great gardener over there, and he he does a great job, and they're building the garden little by little. Later on in the show, I'm going to share with the fact I used one of your recipes. Oh, good. uh, And it it was fantastic, and it was a hit, and I've I've done it like three times since because every time I serve it up, people go crazy. Oh, excellent. Excellent. We'll we'll Um, talk um, about that later. It probably wasn't mine. I probably stole it from somebody myself, but I passed it along. it was simple. Well, it was so simple. You under the sun it's it's anyway, sort of right? like, if you do it, it's yours. You right. know what I mean? There you go. You, you, Make it your I mean. own. Don't, actually, don't, you don't I, have to give me actually, credit. I did. <laughs> I stole it. Good. <laughs> good. I'm glad. From a Monsignor. I can't believe I'm doing that. Look, I just, I, I'm like the church, right? I, I, I receive something from the apostles and I pass it on to the next generation. Oh, okay, if right. I make it my own, that's my own church. That's not the, uh, that's not the Catholic church. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I tell you what, uh, let's get. Uh, Back to school, if you will, right? That's right. We, we that's got a lot right. of budgeting to do, time and everything. So. Well, especially time, I think. You know, I mean, this is it's, when you have little kids and, uh, or goodness, even big kids, it is a challenge uh, sometimes just to make it through the day. You know, uh-huh. you got families who are working two jobs or sometimes three jobs. It depends, and and you got kids have after school activities. Just a lot going on. It's hard. It is very hard. I think that's one of the reasons why fast food restaurants uh, are so big is because they do fill a need. I mean, yeah. need, you know, there's, a, there's a lack of time. And so for a lot of folks, you know, the thought of cooking, it just seems so complicated and so complex. And that's one of the things that I want to try to do, at least on my website with recipes, is to show folks that there are easy ways to do that. Mm-hmm. But I also thought we could get an expert in today on the show. Uh, Sheree Hansen, who knows she works with kids all the time. Uh, culinary Kids on the North Shore is her place. She works with kids all the time. She's a mom. She understands this from like the depths of who she is. You know, mm-hmm. dealing with with schedules and, and and trying to cook meals. And she is uh, she is the expert. So, uh, Sheree, you there? I am here. Hello, everybody. Oh. Thanks for having me. Welcome, welcome, Sheree. Uh, do you yes, you want to tell us? Kids. Holy moly. You just made my heart kind of race. Oh, really? <laughs> I have four of my own. They're all four little boys. My oldest is seven years old in second grade. So back to school, oh, yes. Yeah. You start to get a little stress and panicky about making sure everything goes smoothly, for sure. Well, I'm sure you have some tips, some ideas, huh, on, on ways that we can make uh, mealtime a little less stressful when it comes to preparation? 
Well, I'm sure hoping so. The key to it all, of course, is getting the homework done first. Oh. That's the hardest. <laughs> I can't help you with that part. Right. I'm sorry to admit, I just can't help you with that. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and listening to everything that you all are discussing right now, it just makes me, I, I get so excited hearing you guys talk. I am up on the North Shore. I'm just at the head of the causeway, though, so it's not very far, technically. Um, but I wish that I could be down there with all these wonderful, delicious restaurants and chefs that are right at your fingertips there on the South Shore. We try to bring some of that up here um, to the North Shore as well, but we invite guests from all over. Some of them come from the West Bank, some come from Hammond. We get people from all over the place coming to Culinary Kids, and one of the reasons is we believe the same faith system that you guys believe in. We commune around the table. My favorite word is connecting, and I heard that so many times just now as you're chatting. We need to connect as human beings. We can't be disengaged on the computers and on the phones and the iPads and such. There's a time and a place for those things, of course. But at the same time, we need to to reconnect. Speaking about Duck Dynasty, I think we're attracted to that (laughs) because we feel a yearning to get back to those kinds of days, to get back to those kinds of centralized focus points of dinner around the table with our family. We need that time. So that's what I try to do. I try to make it easy for people. I will tell you, first and foremost, you will not see me on Top Chef. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think ever. I am not a chef. I am not a culinary expert. I did not go to culinary school. What I did go to, though, was mom school Mm -hmm. and kids school. And what I can tell you is that Making things easier in your family during back-to-school time is the key. You want to save time, but you also want wholesome foods that are not fast foods. People call it fast food. Have you ever sat in a line at McDonald's when somebody got an order wrong? It's not fast. (laughs) It's not fast at all. And what you're paying for what you're getting in nutrition components, it's just not there. Again, time and a place for everything. But my boys, they all do soccer. They do everything. So I live what I preach in this facet. My favorite two things, I will tell you, I have two favorite kitchen utensils that are used or, or um, pieces of my kitchen that I use every time back to school comes around. And that is the ever-loved food processor. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. make it fast to chop up that stuff. It gets the veggies small enough that the kids don't know what's in there. <laughs> the food processors are absolute stars. I only take them out every few times a year, but back to school, it's necessary. I can get zucchini nice and small. It adds a crunch inside of anything that I put together for the kids. They don't notice it's there. The other thing, and my even more favorite than the food processor, is the muffin tin. People mm-hmm. underestimate the muffin tin significantly. And I'll tell you why it lives on my kitchen counter. It never gets put away during the back-to-school months, all the way through until October kicks in. Wow. Does that baby get put away? I cook so many foods in the muffin tin. I cook dinners in mm-hmm. it. Really? It's not just four cupcakes, guys. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Get huh. creative. Get creative. My favorite thing, which sounds a little strange, but my kids think it sounds funny and they love it, is to do meatloaf. In a muffin tin. Really? Wow. All of the meat muffins. Oh, yes, we eat meat muffins at my house. (laughs) 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 But what you're doing, the the brilliant part about it is you're making meatloaf. You've got everything in there, but meatloaf sounds blah to children. Well, if it's a meat muffin, 
there's a little bit more of a PR spin yeah. on the food that's going on the plate, first and foremost. Second of all, you top it with the, the whipped frosting on top. If that comes out to be some mashed potatoes, okay. oh, wow. we have a really funny kind of dinner to eat. And that's they creative. will crack up laughing and love to help. <laughs> Super easy. So if Super you if you get the food processor in on the action too, then you can like sneak stuff into that meat muffin, right? Absolutely. I show that they go. get beans. I put red beans. I soak them and I throw in red kidney beans inside. Oh, oh don't tell them I told you this. Uh-oh. Hang on a sec. For dessert, <laughs> yeah, don't no listen lie. To show. For dessert, brownies, right? Uh-huh. Some chocolate brownies, but take a can of black beans. Throw it in the blender or the food processor, make it into a puree, and just pour it in. Wow. You do store-bought mix. <laughs> that is just do. wrong. That's just they <laughs> have no idea. They have no idea. <laughs> uh, they have no idea. We did that this, uh, this past summer. We had over 150 children up here during our day camps, and we did secret ingredient days. And oh, one of I those love days it. was black beans. Hey, Cherie, let, let's do this. Cherie, if you don't mind, let's do. can you hang on through the break? I certainly can. Okay, because we got to hear more of these sneaky recipes of yours. So. <laughs> you bet. All right. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson with Jeff Young and Monsignor Nalty, and uh, we have been uh, talking... Well, we were talking preparing meals uh, on the run or prepare, not really on the run, but preparing quick meals, something the kids like. We're talking back to school. That's and, right. Uh, That's right. And Cherie Hansen is with us from Culinary Kids on the North Shore. And uh, Cherie, could you tell us a little bit about Culinary Kids? And you know, for some of the folks who haven't listened to, uh, to the show before that you were on, just tell us a little bit about what you do up there. And about how you got you started. Absolutely. Well, how did it get started? Actually, I had been teaching um, in nonprofit, the nonprofit sector for almost 20 years now, and um, the opportunity just kind of came available to me. Someone was closing down their own place. It was semi-built out for the purposes that we were looking for, but we needed to reach the community a little bit in in a larger sense. And so what I did was I purchased the leftovers of what was here and kind of built it out from there. We've begun with doing things like entertaining yet educational, birthday parties. We do field trips for the schools, and we even have schools in the South Shore that come up. There's a few of the Catholic schools that come, and we go through um, standardized curriculum with the kids while they're having fun making their own pizzas, making their own desserts. We are served safe certified, so everything is nice and safe in here. We do take care of anybody that has any food allergies or dietary restrictions. Those are easy for us to handle for everyone so they can enjoy their time. So it's educational and fun. We do the life cycle of the yeast. We make a big silly mess, and everyone enjoys themselves and learns a little bit. <laughs> but but we also exact- do things like our summer camps and our day camps. Any day that school is out, they can spend the day here cooking breakfast, cooking lunch, doing educational but really fun games and wild science activities. I love the story of how we have taken Diet Coke and Mentos and accidentally put a few too many in and hit our ceiling once and had to mop the ceiling with exploding Diet Coke. So the kids get really excited and passionate about the science and the fun of food. Now, 
We've also branched out, though, to do evening programs during the weekends. So we will do parties on Friday nights for kids with movies, and we'll do a cooking class and eat dinner and give parents a bit of a break. Mm -hmm. We'll do a a teens-only night, which gets the younger teenagers involved as well um, in cooking and in the science and the social aspects of it. But my favorite class that we run right now is our all-abilities class. This class is designed to reach students that are 15 and up that come from various walks of life with different disabilities and varied abilities. We will have people here with wheelchairs. Some are various levels of functioning with autism, Down syndrome, all different types of of challenges that they face every day. But we bring them together here, and they cook with us, and they clean with us, and they set the table with us, and they Mm. socialize with us. And it truly does commune everyone together and teach them skills. I, I get photographs of kids at home doing this all the time. It's great fun, and you're really connecting with the community. So it's a very widespread of but what how we do offer you, here. How do you offer the, do, do they have like a, a sign-up sheet, or do they go to a website? How do people find out what classes are happening at what times? Or do they get into a program where they're in it for a while, or...? Well, it it does vary. You can go to our website. Our website does have our calendar of events that are listed. Everything does require reservations. So they can either reserve through the website, through email, by phoning us. But, of course, we need to be able to have the proper amount of ingredients for everyone to be sure we can all eat. So those reservations are required. Um, But once people come in, I have to say... We have created a Culinary Kids family up here. It's amazing. We will see the same students over and over again. The parents have come to trust us. They've come to know us. They email us, and they'll even text me and send me images and pictures at home of the kids doing the same recipes and thanking us for what they've done. It just really warms my heart. Not a week goes by that that I don't get an email uh, with a picture or, you know, writer made us do the hot dog mummies this week or whatever the case is, and they refer back to what we taught them in class. And so it's working. It's working, and that fuels us forward to do more things. It's great. Well, that's fantastic because they really are. They're learning something there, and they're bringing it back home mm-hmm. and back and to their the families. I am more concerned, truly, about what happens once people leave my doors rather than what takes place while they're here. While they're here, we've got that down. We have it set. It is fun. It is engaging. It's varied. It works on all different age levels. We can have a class that has multiple age levels inside of that and be able to cater to it. We custom design as well for different groups that want to come and do a special event. We customize. You guys will get a kick out of this. Do you know what has really come forward in our community is a need for team-building events, evening time where adults come in. All the parents were getting jealous. It wins our turn to come play. And so what I do is I will hire a local chef. Again, I'm not the, the heavy hitter on that part, but I'll hire a local chef from a close-by restaurant to come in and to do a cooking class where the people actually are making their own dinner and dessert. The corporate team building events are insane. We set up tables all around the room with ingredients on them, and just like the television show Chopped, they are required in one hour to create an entree in a dessert from what is on their table. They can visit the pantry and add to it, but as a, as a team together, they have to work it out and come up with a plan. And the chef, of course, circulates to give some pointers and help them along their way, but talk about a good time. So it's all walks of life and all ages up here. If you can think of a creative event to do in our space, I'm almost positive we can do it for you. 
so let me let me get for folks who haven't ever been there before. I mean, essentially, what you have is a large area with was it one kitchen or how many kitchens do you have? You've got I mean, you you have a kitchens, but also uh, counter space. You've got uh, tables. I'm assuming so that people yeah, can cook yeah. and also eat. It's just it's almost like a I don't know what would you call it. Almost like a. Um, it's it's just a big teaching kitchen. That's all I can Big teaching come up with kitchen, to kitchen. Yeah. It. It is a wide open room. The whole center of the room is completely empty until you put the prep tables there. Wow. Stainless steel prep tables, high back chairs, you can stand, you can sit, arrange the tables as you like. And on both sides of the wall, flanking my facility, I have two ovens and uh, two sinks on both sides. And wow. so you've got the stove top and also we're equipped with kitchen equipment. That's your normal equipment that you see, not the high-end, high-tech, more difficult-to-operate things that are in the back of the house at a restaurant. This is your KitchenAid blenders, your mixers, everything that you may have, the same type of stove and oven and refrigerators in your own house, which is what makes it comfortable, especially for kids. It's not intimidating. The only drawback is there's only one dishwasher. Oh, goodness. <laughs> unless, unless you count me, and that's a, I'm a second one, I suppose. But wide open space to be able to maneuver how you like and set it for a kindergarten class with 50 children or a, a team building event with 10 or especially a, a special needs class that comes in that has only five. We can work around all of it. It's very manipulative and very easy to change um, what we have to do to accomplish what we're going for in the classes. It's a lot of fun and great space to work in. You're going to have to. You're going to have to explain it to me, though. Do do people? Do is this just a community that everybody knows everybody, or do you have like guests? Like people can call you up and say, "I want to rent it." Uh, because I heard about this, or I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just a little confused as to exactly how the program works. Do, I know you, you've mentioned about 10 I'll, different things that you do, but do the people go online and they just rent your place, or do you um, say this week is going to be 12-year-olds, and so Thursday night from 5 to 7 we'll have 12-year-olds? I, I guess I'm... Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of both, because answering the community's needs is the thing that I strive for the most. So you can call and you can reserve, just like you can reserve a birthday party for your child. You can reserve a birthday party for an adult. I have a bachelorette party coming in with the gal who loves to cook uh, in two weeks' time. So anyone that wants to get creative and host an event here, they can. We'll create a menu for you, different age ranges, whatever the needs are. So we do personalize on that in that regard. Regarding our standardized programs, however, those are very regular. The All Abilities class runs on Tuesday nights. It's okay. ages 15 and up. Our, um, our tween nights are every other Saturday. Parents' night out every other Friday night. And those things, the regular occurrences, our camp schedule, whenever school is out and our camps are in, those schedules are regular and set for all day. Okay. So we have, uh, it's a half and half. We have okay. set time for cooking classes on Monday nights for children, ages seven and up. And then if that isn't a fit, then we'll just direct the child to a different location where their age range is appropriate for the material being covered. Mm -hmm. So we have a whole offering of standardized classes and standardized programs, but we do cater specifically to individual requests as well and try to match you into what's going to work best. So we use it on both fronts. And tell me, do you have um, do you have stories about kids who've come as as youngsters, and 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 then their parents will say, well, now you know my my son Billy, he he learned out about this at Culinary Kids, and and uh, and now he wants to make it at home. So we've had nights where we've just done this at home, you know, that it's translated okay. back to their to the to the family. 
Absolutely. It's my favorite part. Mm -hmm. It is my favorite part. I say this to my husband all the time. God's been so good to me because not only am I able to teach and plant the seeds of learning and the seeds of passion for food and for connecting with their family with these kids, but I also have, I am blessed to see it actually happening. I see the result of it. I get Mm -hmm. to watch the plants grow. I get to watch these children grow. We become a part of their family. It is so neat. They will send us um, emails. They will send us pictures. I'll get on our Facebook and show what their children did. My favorite, favorite moment when we first opened was in the spring camp where a young boy came in. He was here for camp, and we cooked pasta, but we did our own cheese sauce from scratch. We, we, taught, we taught them how to make a cheese sauce rather than going with the simple box versions. Mm-hmm. Well, this young boy, of all, most people think it's very feminine. It's not. The, the cooking industry and the chef industry is 75% male-dominated. Men are very, very interested in being creative in the, cook, in, in the kitchen. They, they're a little bit more uh, bold than women are. We tend to follow the directions a little bit more closely. Yeah. Their directions? I didn't know about directions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the recipes we are spot on. We tend to be the bakers. The men tend to be the cooks. And that's just a generalization, of course. But you see that. Well, this young boy was um, seven years old, I believe, at the time. He came in. We made our macaroni and cheese with the cheese sauce from scratch. Now, this was a single mom raising him herself and also working full-time. When she came to pick up her son that day from camp, literally as she signed him out of camp, he looked at her and said, Mom, can we go stop at the grocery right here? I really, really want to make you this cheese sauce that we made today. It is so good, and I know how to do it Mm. myself. And I stepped back from the conversation with chills, literally goosebumps on my arms, and I watched the two of them converse and step out of 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 the studio here, and they walked straight to the grocery store together. And they cooked together. Since then, this child has come back to us for multiple different programs. They bring their recipe books back with them. Mm-hmm. They will add more to it. We'll make them a recipe book <laughs> while they're here. They hold on to it. And it's got grease on it, and it's got <laughs> stuff on their books. And I said, holy, that's what I love to see. Okay. And they'll tell me of those things. So all the time I'm shown, all the time I see the bonding between family and children and an increase in their nutritional choices, too. Okay, i got to ask you one question since we talked about this in the beginning. I'm the priest here. We saw, talked about Duck Dynasty. Do you all say grace there? We absolutely do. Yeah. We absolutely right. do. <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. Music playing in the background. We practice all manners. And there's, there's only one rule. There's one rule when you come through the doors at Culinary Kids, and that rule is respect. And if you are following and acting with respect across the board, you're following all rules. So we don't have no running, no eating with your mouth wide open. We don't have rules like that. We just have respect. And part of that respect is paying respect to the one who made it possible for us to be here and do these things. So we absolutely. The only time that we don't have that take place is sometimes when we have public schools coming through. We offer it. We tell the teachers, if you like, you may. If you want to take a moment, let children choose, they may, most definitely. But God is present. In fact, when you walk in my front door and you look back into my space, you see my office door, and you always, and I put this in position for a reason. When you look at my chair where my office is, shining through the entire facility, you see a big framed piece up on my wall, and it's a big picture of delicious smoking bread with the steam coming off, and it says, give us this day our daily bread. 
because awesome. when you come through our doors, you always see the reminder of why we're here and what we're trying to do with this. It well, just, it makes me so happy. <laughs> well, Cherie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for uh, sharing some recipes with us and for joining us today talking about culinary kids. It's been a pleasure. Great talking you to you, Cherie. Congratulations on your work. Thank you so much. Folks can go online and look us up and contact us anytime for hints, ideas, thoughts on how they can come and they can commune with us. We're available all Good the deal. time. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. I tell you what, uh, we will be right back right after this. Welcome back to Around the Table. I'm David Dawson with Jeff Young and Monsignor Nalti, and uh, we have been talking, uh, well, we're back to school, and we're talking, now let's talk some recipes to where we don't have to go through the drive-thru and uh, grab a burrito and eat it on the way somewhere. Let's uh, let's let's talk something, but at the same time, we got to talk convenience to where, you know, it's not going to take that long to cook the supper. Well, so I we think a lot of it time is just, to sit around the table. Yeah, just planning ahead. I think a lot of it is just planning ahead, you know. Uh, there was an article I wrote a couple of months ago about that, uh, 10 Shortcuts to Cooking Dinner in Record Time. It's over at CatholicFoodie.com. 10 Shortcuts to... To Cooking Dinner in Record Time. All right. And now, now I have to say, I don't do this all the time, <laughs> you know. Matter of fact, I... I yeah, spend, a I like to cook. We don't want shortcuts. I spend I a lot spend of time, time in the kitchen. kitchen. Right, I, right, I mean, right. for me, it's like therapy. If I, I have it. If I can't you know? spend time in the kitchen, then I probably won't. If I, yeah. if I, I, I I'm not one who goes and wanted to cook something in... Th- unless it's warming something up, you know. You know, if I'm warming right, something right. up that I cooked the night before, and that that could be short. But if I'm going to sit down and cook, I want to have a, at least a couple of hours to, to play with stuff and relax and, and eat it and enjoy it. Because it's know? kind of like gardening. I mean, for some folks, that's yeah. that's their thing. Yeah, you relax. They, they exactly. love to relax, relax out in the garden. And that's how I relax is by uh, in the is kitchen by, is by cooking. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. That's what I do on my day off. Speaking of both, I, I had family over. This was a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Now it was three weeks ago. It was such a hit, though. We just kept doing this I, mm. every time they come over because they wanted it again. Um, it was your bruschetta. Okay. Perfect. That's Perfect right. pronunciation. Right. <laughs> Don't tell the Olive Garden that it's pronounced bruschetta because they have to change all their ads because they right, always right, say right. bruschetta. Which See, is, that's what I was saying. Which is, yeah, I was yeah. saying it all along. But uh, somebody brought some tomatoes over, so I diced them up, and I had a uh, shallot, mm-hmm. a couple of shallots, mm-hmm. and, sure. I, and I put them in. You could put anything in sure, there. That's sure, what, that's sure, what sure, really sure. convinced me. But then I had the olive oil and the fresh basil, mm-hmm. and I roasted a, a head of garlic. Did you and rub it on the bread then? I didn't. I okay. squeezed it in there. Oh, you squeezed yes, it. Yes, okay. I did. And all I did was cut up a baguette, toast it a little bit, right. and uh, that's it. I had a bowl. So it was almost like, think about it, it's almost like tortillas and salsa, but it yep. was this, yep. this bread. Sure. And they went crazy. That's probably the oh, yeah. equivalent to what bruschetta is for the Italians. It's I guess like so. It's like with the Mexicans, with the, some sort of starch, mm-hmm. and you add tomatoes and some sort of spices. And the Italians will do bruschetta a million different ways. Mm-hmm. The One of the ways that you see in a lot of the neat places where they have a grill is actually put it on the grill. Really? But, Instead of just toasting it in the oven, you get little grill marks yeah, on there, a little smoky yeah. oh, taste yeah. on it. Mm. Well, you know what I did wrong? Uh, the last time I made it, I ran out of basil. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I have uh, got to plant me yeah. some basil around right. the house because right. I ran out. And, you know, I used dried basil. That was not the same. No, no, no. That was a shame. It no, just, it just didn't. That. 
it's, and there's something about it. If you get the bread, like I, what I like to do is it's the last thing before I serve it is is to grill that bread okay. and put that tomato on right then and serve it right away. So then you get the the, the heat of the bread, like toast. It's like a good sandwich where you, the, the bread is still toasty warm. warm. And then the coolness, and I keep the tomato in the fridge oh, right yeah. until mm-hmm. I do it. So you get the coolness of the tomato and Ooh. you get the, the heat of the, of the bread. It's, and it's so easy. It's one of well, these things any one kids of those can things do. That, yeah, 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 we, yeah, just, yeah. we just whipped up. And, yep. and and the family liked it, you know. But yep. really, you could throw anything in there, couldn't you? Well, sure. I mean, sure. almost anything. They do all kind. They put olives on yeah. the bread spread. I mean, bruschetta is a whole art. You can go to some restaurants and they'll have ten different types of bruschetta. You know, you'll have some with liver pate. You'd have some mm-hmm. with cheese. Mm-hmm. You have some with salmon. You have mm-hmm. some with tomato. And then they do some just plain, and they just it's called uh, bruschetta bianca. And all it is is that toasted bread. They take a they, you cut a clove of garlic in half and you rub it on there and right. just drizzle olive oil. Not a lot. You don't want to get a too garlic. Okay. But you just kind of rub it up and down once, and then a little bit of olive oil, and it just instead of having and it's and I think it's healthier than uh, than eating you know bread margarine on your bread. Oh, I mean sure. all the so things just they olive say oil about and, uh, that's yeah. it. Just really? white bruschetta, white bruschetta, and they'll just serve that as a as a first course. Just instead of having loaves and you know you yes. get the big tub of margarine and you spread it on it, mm-hmm. you just have a toasted piece of bread and you put a little bit of garlic, just rub a little garlic on there. And yeah, you said you, you said you don't want to put too much, but not I, too much, but I do. Yeah, yeah. So, well, well, butter. You remember that about two in the morning too you know <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> well, you know, I actually this past weekend i made uh ciabatta mm-hmm. i made two loaves that's of the ciabatta. guy in star okay. wars yeah. uh, the, no, uh, that's chewbacca no. <laughs> oh, i'm sorry what is what is uh, it's ciabatta? another italian it's thing an italian, but, it's a it's a loaf it's uh it's bread uh but i used you remember a while back we had the the, the episode on pizza we talked about yeah. uh, the pizza stone jim Leahy's um uh, no need crust mm-hmm. right it takes 18 hours no it's a slow a, uh fermentation right, process right, right. which is what really uh produces that that gluten and also just the complexity of flavor it's not mm-hmm. like putting yeast into some dough and letting it rise for a couple hours this is 18 hours it's right. slow i did the same thing but instead of doing it as a pizza dough I, I did it in, in the shape of a slipper, like a ciabatta, mm-hmm. and uh, it was awesome. And matter of fact, my wife made uh, chicken liver pate. You did, you did it in the oven, or you did it? I in did the, it in the oven the on a okay. baking sk- uh, okay. baking steel. Baking stone. But oh, you steel. guys, you, you still both yeah. speak in a language I, I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. A ciabatta is you said the it's slipper. Bread. It's, like bread. A, it's like bread. It's like Italian a, type of Italian yeah. bread. Okay. It's a kind of a rustic, kind of a hard crust on the outside, mm-hmm. but very soft on the inside. And then you did what? Well, my wife made a liver pate, so that we had. Pate on the on the bread. She yeah. just whipped up a liver pate, yeah. did she? Yeah. Well, she yeah, she does that. I I don't okay. I don't make the pate, pates. She does. I but, say uh, I'd be the opposite. I'd make the pate, and somebody else have to make the bread because I don't know anything about making bread. Oh, I wouldn't fun. even know I the beginning the of making a pate. I mm. mean, except for I thought it was goose. But I, liver, I, I, I bought the livers. I did that part. Yeah. You know, we get them at the. Oh, you the do the food market. process them, right? Yeah. I mean, then yeah. you put a little bit of. What do you put, cream or something to bind it together? Like oil I'm not or? a liver fan, okay. so I don't even watch okay. it. You know, okay. I just know she. I buy them and, and she makes it, and the kids love it. My yeah. kids. Oh, eat you didn't even have everything. It. I didn't have it. I had <laughs> I had butter on my bread. Okay, <laughs> let's talk some <laughs> recipes. Know. Come on, let's Please. get some other. You something don't even. We'll eat. You're going to talk on the radio about something that you don't even know the recipe for. So yeah, let's at least right. get a few recipes. That we, right. we talked about the bruschetta recipe, which is nothing. It's toasting some bread yeah. in the oven, or the, you can even do it in the toaster. It's better if you have the thick, crusty bread because the kind of white American bread doesn't really Mm-mm. take the, uh, the the juice of the tomatoes or whatever you put on top. You need to get that crusty. And all the the big grocery stores, Rouse's and the Dornyaks, they have that kind of crusty bread, rustic type of bread. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, the recipe that I, I thought of, because I was fishing the last couple of weeks, finally I got to go out fishing, and uh, and we were we caught a bunch of redfish. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it was interesting because one of the, the – Chef Michael from Galatoire's, he served uh, – no, it wasn't. It was a chef from, um, from College Inn actually served a redfish on the half shell, yep. which – which the beautiful thing about that is, is it makes cleaning the fish so easy. All you have to do is cut the meat off the bone. You leave the scales on one side. I'm sure most every fisherman who's listening has heard of this. And, uh, and then what I do, everybody has their own little way. Paul Prudhomme makes a great Cajun magic for seafood. Mm-hmm. And I just put that, sprinkle that on one side of the, of the um, redfish. And then, I, then I'll take a little either olive oil or butter and kind of baste it just so it, it, it's got something on top of it to hold the moisture in. But then I'll put it down and I'll sear it on the grill for maybe 30 seconds. Make sure you have a really good sharp spatula. Scale then, side down? No, no, with the flush oh, oh. side down first. All right. Then just get a little sear on it, get some grill marks on it, and uh-huh. kind of dry out a little bit so you don't lose the moisture out the top. Flip that over and just put it in the back of the grill and just wait till you can start to see it curling up. You don't mm. want to go too long and dry it out, but you can see it curling up outside of the scales. And when you serve it on the plate, and, and, and the chef from, uh, from College Inn got in, all in trouble because he put the scales on the plate. We usually put the scales on a big serving plate, and yeah. then we cut those pieces, and you take it out, and underneath... The, the, all the moisture from the fat on the yeah. side of the scales has mm. kept it really, really moist. And you get a little taste of the grill. I, 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 and they I, didn't like that? Uh, no, th- I think that she liked the taste of it, but she said in a restaurant you wouldn't have scales on a plate, which is, uh, I guess, in she doesn't She's go to Europe. Where I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly so, you know, in Europe they bring out the whole fish, right, and right, then they yeah, and then yeah. they'll then they'll clean it for you. So it's part of the presentation that they know you're not getting this freezer wrapped in a you know exactly. from a truck. It's sure. a real fish. I mean, that, that tells you serving. it's fresh, right? Yeah, there, I, that's right? what I think. But uh-huh. I thought he got a bad deal, but, uh, yeah. but that's. Uh, that's now, part are of you our basting local cuisine. it when you when you you, you got? I don't. I just uh, sometimes actually you're right. Sometimes I have just put a little bit of more butter or olive oil on top just to keep it moist. But yeah. mm-hmm. it, it usually stays pretty moist underneath because the scales and the uh, and the fat on the side of the scales will you know keep the moisture in. You may get a little dried out on the top, but you don't want to cook it too hot or too too long. You, okay. you want to just really pay attention to it. And once you can cut through it. You know, then you know you just can run a knife through, and you can see oh, yeah. it's not fleshy anymore. The the, the 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 fish is cooked and is broken down. Really tender. But, uh, and and there's just... a jillion ways to do it. I mean, I know people who put pesto sauce on it. I know people mm. who put, you know, the kind of the old way people put Italian wishbone salad salad Italian salad right, dressing yeah, yeah, on there, yeah. or anything. Uh, people put lemon pepper or lime pepper or yeah. anything you could think of. But it's 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 easy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's and there's really nothing. Once you get fish and you clean the fish and you have those, and then you just throw the scales away. You, so you, just basically, you almost have a serving platter. Fillet the fish, but you just leave the skin and the scales on right. on, on one side. Right. You're going to you're going to uh, put it on the uh, hot grill and sear it meat side down, then flip it over. I so do. Some people don't even there. some people don't even put the, put the meat side down. They uh-huh. just put it like you'd cook an oyster on the half shell. That's why they call it on the half uh, shell. Yeah. Right, redfish red on, on the half, half shell. shell. Okay. But it's an e and I and I, I I'm saying that because I've been fishing twice in the last couple of weeks and I had a bunch of redfish. And, and you still do. And you're having this over? We're uh, no, okay. all, they're all gone. Oh. They're all gone. But I'm 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 hopefully got another date in a couple of weeks. Okay, we'll see. Well, the, give me give me my number and. Uh, but all of it was cooking around the family. I mean, I cooked for my cousin. My one of my cousins is in town from Poland. She married a guy from Poland, and her oh, son's wow. going to uh, 
son is going to Tulane this year. He's a freshman, started school uh, yesterday. No, he starts school next Monday. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I had all them around. They had never seen anything like this, you know, but they didn't eat oh, fish. Oh, yeah, you're right. They don't oh, eat fish, you know, oh. so I had to cook... Uh, I had to cook some steaks for them, but then I made them try a little because this kid's going to be here for four years, so I got to get him to learn about what we eat here. You know, he can't like kielbasa can't be the last word in his culinary uh, (laughs) experiment. (laughs) Did he like it? Uh, they, he made a face, but say, I think I need to move him. I need to start him with like fried shrimp. You there know? you go. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. move down Working the line. Man. And by the time he's finished, I want to see him slurping oysters out of the shell, you know? <laughs> Sushi. <laughs> Sushi. Right. What you, what you got for us, Jeff? Well, I mean, I've got some, I don't, I don't even know if we have time to, to talk about, uh, this big recipe, but, uh, it's on the website over at catholicfoodie.com. You know, this is, we're in August. We have August and September, the two big months every year where you can get hatch chilies. And I don't know about y'all, but I love chilies. Mm. I love peppers, oh, yeah. you know. And I, I do and, too, but and, I don't know hatch chilies. Ha, well, hatch, hatch chili is kind of like, uh, these are basically Anaheim peppers. They're not anything and unique. And these little kind of ones, is that what it is? They're kind of long oh, and long skinny. Okay. You know, long oh, and I skinny. saw them at the Rouse's the yeah, other day. Rouse's, yeah, Rouse's. All, all the grocery stores have them yeah. in stock right yeah. now. They only come out this time of the year, August and September. And uh, what makes them unique, they're from Hatch, New Mexico. Okay. And they grow in this valley between these two mountains. And and there's, there's I think it's the only uh, place where you can get a variety of heat from the same pepper because hmm. of where it's at. Because where it's, where it's planted. It's kind of like Vidalia onions. You hmm. know, the reason why they're so sweet is just in that one area. It's the soil. Are they hot or are they... I saw them in the store. I didn't know what they were. Some of them are mild. Some of them are hot. Oh, okay. Some of them are very hot. And you don't and, know. Well, here's so it's the, like here's pepper roulette, right? It's, 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 a, it's a gamble, yeah. <laughs> I think over there, if you're there, you, you would know. But right. Because they, they kind of sell them that way. Here, uh, I don't think the grocery stores kind of segregate them, you know, as, yeah, as no, well. Yeah, no, I saw them in the batch. I didn't know what they were. I should have just grabbed a couple and played I, some I went to the pepper store. roulette with them. Oh, yeah. I went to the <laughs> store uh, last week, and I bought, and it had a bag. It was on sale, three-pound bag of these peppers for 99 cents. Right, right. Now I, I said, I can't, I can't pass this up. So I walk in the door, and I'm sure I scared the heck out of my family. You know, they're going, what are you going to do to us with, the, right. <laughs> with these peppers? But we did a, I did a, a, a chicken tortilla soup. We love soup in, in my house. Yeah. And I make all different kinds of soups and gumbos and everything. I do stock uh, on a regular basis. Usually every week I've got at least a chicken stock or a beef stock or something on the stove. And this is something that will go for 24 hours or more. Right. You know? Chicken and tortilla I, soup And then is I put that away. Too. Chicken tortilla soup is simple, but I use yeah. a stock. I do it with a stock. And instead mm-hmm. of doing bell peppers, which I normally do, I use these hatchets. Chilies. All right. It definitely added a, a, a distinct kick to right, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> to this. Especially you know? if you don't know what it how, what the heat yeah, level the is. Surprise. Well, my son, my son loves hot stuff, and so I always ask yeah. him to be my taste, taste tester. tester right. You know, and has chilies because of the outer skin is kind of coarse. You, you have to roast them first before okay. you can use them in a, in a recipe. So after I roasted them, I chopped a few up. I said, "Hey, Christopher, here, taste Try this." He he, kind of you know, eh, it's not bad. You know, but hey, this is a kid who eats habaneros. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! They, but, had, um, they had that at, uh, at right now. They're doing blistered peppers at La Petite Grocery, and oh, I said, yeah. "Well, what do those taste like? Are they hot?" And he said, "One in ten is hot." And I said, "Yeah, isn't that something?" So right. I'm gonna, so I'm eating them, waiting for the hot one. Right, right. Finally, I got the hot one. It wasn't that hot. I was waiting oh, really? for like habanero to come yeah, out there. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah. no, those are good. I'm gonna have to try those. Thanks for that that recipe. Tip, that's good, Jeff. I'm yeah, gonna go yeah. looking for those tomorrow. All right. So you're gonna roast them first, or you're yeah, just gonna chop? I'm probably going to chop a piece off the end of each of them and see what the heat level is. What the heat level is, But, you know, most of the heat of those things is in the seeds, too. So you got to... Seeds and membranes. All right. You got the seeds and the white part on the inside. 
Well, who knows where we're going to be next week. We may be in studio. We may be on location. But uh, either way, we're going to be talking about food, and we're going to be talking about recipes, and we're going to be especially talking about getting around the table with the family again, getting that going. Hey, tailgate season's coming up, too, y'all. I know. That's right. Going up for a football game. Indeed. Father, before I meet Monsignor, I I, I keep... uh, That's all right. I answered everything. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, before we leave, would you give us a blessing? I will. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain forever. Amen. 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 See y'all next week.